Medical research estimates as much as 90% of illness and disease is stress-related, and perimenopause symptoms and hormone imbalance fall into that category. If stress is at the root of our challenges in perimenopause, and it is, then looking at the cause of that stress is the path back. One of the key stress faucets of life are finances and money, ironically a topic as taboo as perimenopause. So if that is one of the things causing you stress, or you just know you want to learn more about how how to feel safe and thriving in your finances, then this episode is for you. Tune in to learn what women in midlife should be prioritizing to optimize their finances, how to begin to build and conserve wealth in midlife, how to know where you are at with money right here and now, and how to begin to repair your money mindset. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, sister. Welcome to this episode of the Period Whisperer podcast. And it's a different and exciting one. And first, I'm going to tell you why it's super relevant. So the truth about feeling amazing in perimenopause that you probably now know from listening to this podcast is that it's not about fixing your hormones or adding more hormones. Our body can actually do that on our own when we get out of the way. It has everything to do with the stress and the habits in your life that have created the imbalance in the first place. And as we start to experience this hormonal shift in perimenopause, it creates a greater workload on our body, which really just highlights the things that are not working for us. So then we end up having these symptoms. This is why the things we used to do to feel better before perimenopause stop working. They never actually really worked all that well for us, but you know, youth is forgiving, so we get by. Perimenopause is that gift, that gift that time gives to us to really address the root issues that are driving our hormonal imbalance. And since we know that like 98% of that root is stress, yes, those are stats, it it is absolutely necessary, I thought, to address one of the greatest stress faucets of our life or one of the biggest parts of our lives that can create stress, which is money and finances. Now, not that long ago, I met an incredible woman who is a powerhouse in the financial industry, and she specializes in helping women transform their relationship with money and discover pathways to wealth. And although money doesn't buy everything, being stressed about money absolutely impacts your health and how you feel in perimenopause. And and really, we feel it even more during perimenopause. So I am beyond excited to have the amazing Megan Keevan on the pod today. She is a financial literacy 
literacy coach and a beacon of light for women seeking financial liberation. Megan is the dynamic founder of the Era of Women and Wealth, an all-women wealth-led initiative that stands at the intersection of empowerment and economic independence. Backed by her robust credentials, including her Series 7 and 6-6 licenses and being CFP enrolled, Megan goes beyond conventional financial advice. She doesn't just guide, but she educates and empowers too. From her early 20s, beginning as a passionate investor, Megan has seamlessly ascended the ranks to become a pillar of financial expertise, overseeing multi-million dollar portfolios with precision and dedication. But it's not just the numbers that underline her expertise. It's the transformative journey of her clients. Under her guidance, they've turned financial uncertainties into concrete results. Each story is a testament to Megan's profound impact, lives touched, futures secured, and dreams realized. With Megan's direction, clients discover the pathways to wealth while transforming their entire relationship with money. They begin to see money not just as currency, but as a tool for crafting lives of impact, choice, and freedom. She's not just a financial advisor, she's a movement. And once you've heard her, you'll find yourself thinking, I absolutely need to work with this badass. So how lucky are we today? Welcome, Megan, to the Period Whisperer podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm super pumped to be here and talk this out with you guys. Yeah. I'm so grateful to have you. You know, it's we were we were even touching really briefly before we got on the podcast about how money is another one of these things, like perimenopause, that people don't talk about enough because it is a bit of a taboo topic, isn't it? Absolutely. I think if there's like a disservice that society has done is that it has made money like a a hard thing to talk about when it should actually be like a very easy flowing thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's not how it is, but that's why we're here. We're going to change that. Yes. I love that. So why don't you start and just tell us a little bit first about you? Like, how did you, it sounds like you got into this early in your twenties. Like, how did you even come to be a badass powerhouse finance woman? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that is a, a good question. I, I was around money from a young age. Um, I feel like it was something that was prevalent in my home, but not like an in-your-face type of way. It was just something that it wasn't shameful to talk about. So even like, you know, I, I remember my mom being in the grocery store with her calculator out, you know, trying to like maintain her budget while she's shopping, you know. Um, and so, you know, the I also saw her writing out like her bills every month manually and like, you know, hey, this is what we have. This is what's left over. So it wasn't this thing that was like thrown in my face, but it was it was there. I was aware of it. My dad was a like the stereotypical engineer, like, um, you know, just very frugal with money, always, you know, kind of like the cost analysis in like a very <laughs> gentle way. So I think by default, it just got kind of instilled in me to pay attention to it, yeah. um, you know, and then I was younger didn't really think anything of it. Um, and then I went to college, you know, st- did some business studies and I just really started learning. Like I, it was really like my economics class where I was like, wow, that's actually really fascinating. Okay. So, you know, I kind of took what I learned from familial um, and then kind of applied it to what I was learning, you know, as I was growing. Yeah. And it just became a part of my life that I found super interesting and I'm a nerd. So I started to nerd out on it. Um <laughs> Yeah. And then I thought, you know, I don't have that much, but let's see what I can do. You know, I'm I'm like this broke college kid trying to 
trying to scrounge whatever I could. Yeah. Um, but I did it and I just started very, very small. And then I think I saw the impact that my small choices made. Um, and I just kind of grew it from there. And I just kept seeing the impact of what I was doing and what opportunities it brought me. So I kept doing it. And, and here I am now. Very cool. I love that. It's like, it really has sort of, you know, evolved for you, you know, and I love seeing those small wins, right? That I don't know that everyone gets that sparked interest. So I can see why you're so good at what you do. That's awesome. So let's get into it then. Why, like, you know, we're talking to women, obviously, who are listening to the podcast, everyone here is listening is going to be somewhere in the ages, like in the midlife ages. So what, in your opinion, what should women in midlife be thinking about and prioritizing when it comes to our finances? So I'm right there with you guys. So I, I feel you on this. <laughs> I think there's a few things, right? There's the, am I still accumulating wealth? I'm like building it, right? Um, but am I also at the same time conserving it and being responsible with it? So I think if I could tell people in this you know, age group, I, I really want you to look at your awareness of money because you do need to be doing those two things. You need to be accumulating and conserving at this point. So first thing I usually walk clients through if they're in this age range is where are you with money like right here and right now? And do you even know you're there with it? Because mm-hmm. that's, I think, one of the biggest things is people don't even know where they're at with it. So your awareness is number one that I want to say to people is figure out where you're at with it. And what does that look like then? Like, so like literally being like, how much money am I making and how much am I saving? Is that sort of when we're figuring it out? Like, let's get really real with ourselves. So that's like the very, very tangible part of it, right? Like the like quantitative part of what you're saying, Yeah. right? There's the other aspect of it, which I think first and foremost, you have to address is like the psychology of where you're at, your mindset around money, your habits around money. Those aren't, we can't, quantify those as as easily. Mm-hmm. Um so I really tell people take a step back and we're going to start from the beginning. I want to know like how do you feel about money? So what is your awareness of it? Like like if I asked you, hey, when somebody starts speaking about money or something on the topic of money, like how does it make you feel? Yeah. Like, like does do you it tense up? Yeah. Do you feel really confident? What is that for you? Interesting. That's a great question. I think I need to pay attention to that even in life. Like the next time, you know, I know for me, it's like, I definitely feel curious and, Mm -hmm. but absolutely sometimes uncomfortable about it for sure. Money was not talked about in my home growing up at all. So it was, it's been, you know, my own journey trying to get more comfortable with those things. So that's that you're saying that's the, you know, the non-tangible part of it. Okay. Keep going. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I think, again, like a big thing for us to look at, and I don't want this to be like a a gender thing, but for our age group specifically, so I'll just, I mean, disclosure, like I'll be 40 in February. So I'm, I'm right in this group. Yeah. There's a big part of our age group, right? That we were told certain things as women, like we don't make as much money as men. We're not, we shouldn't make as much money as men. We shouldn't handle finance topics. We shouldn't handle the finances of our home. So when I say, how do you feel about money? All of those things come into play, right? Because we were told certain things or told a certain story in our life about it. And so it does maybe for the majority of people bring up stress, anxiety, guilt, shame, instead of 
what should be confidence, ease, flow, impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I say, how does money make you feel? Um, because there's so many variables that have been thrown at us in our life that impact the way we feel about our money. Um Wow, really I had never even thought about that. But you're right, because the, like the different lenses on it, like, you know, my reaction was like, oh, like, you know, am I uncomfortable? Do I have enough? Like these sorts of things. But there is that entire other lens where it's like, oh, money should should could make you feel really strong, really secure, really, you know, empowered. Like there's so many different ways to even look at it. Yeah. And I think that's a piece that people miss, right? Like yeah. it'd be it's it's really interesting. Like, so the majority of our money habits are actually formed by the age of seven, which is like mind blowing to me. But if you think about it, that's what your that's your outside influence, right? And yeah. you're in your home. Those are your caretakers, your guardians. They're the ones who teach you. Yeah. And so you are basically absorbing their money beliefs, whether you know it or not, because it's just kind of flowed into you. Yeah. Then that leaks into your personal life. And then you're going to leak that into your children's life. So we have got to become aware of what our mindset and our attitude towards money is. Because otherwise, I mean, if you've got like, you know, like I said, the confidence, the ease, the, you know, like the feeling of power with money, that's great. But if you are kind of on the other side of it, we don't want those patterns to continue. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this is part of the coaching or how you help help women with this piece, right? Mm -hmm. Is that you say, this is where you start. And like, we hear a lot all the time. I feel like I'm having a money mindset or like it's, it's, it's a term that's really trendy, I'd say right now. Like I hear that a lot. Like, do you have a good money mindset or not? So how do you even begin? Like once, you know, once you have addressed that question with someone and surfaced some of those things, how do you even begin to repair that stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's, and this is, I think, um, something to to keep in the back of your mind as you're walking through it, right? Like it's not an overnight fix, right? It's a, it's a process and it's a very like disciplined, controlled, Like you're going to take a step backwards before you take a step forwards. Um, There's going to be a lot of emotion that does get pulled out of certain things. And so it's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of self-dedication. But I find my clients that are most successful take the time and walk themselves through the process. Like Mm -hmm. if they know that they've got a ton of um, shame around money, well, what are the habits that are creating the shame for you? Is it because it's your spending habits And then why are we feeling like we need to go spend on certain things? Mm -hmm. So it kind of is a layered like onion, like peel back the layers of an onion, right? Like, are we buying things and our spending may be a little bit out of control because we feel like we need to prove something to other people because we're insecure in another area of our life. Yeah. So it can get pretty complex. um, But when you take it just one step at a time, it's very doable. Right. And it's it's a time-driven process, uh, but it's doable. Wow. So you start then, obviously you start with this, you know, less tangible side to kind of get to the root of that. And then do you, would you simultaneously work with people on like the actual quantitative aspects of the money in their life? Like um, making enough or um, or saving or paying off debt? Like, do you do that simultaneously or does this piece need to be done first? Absolutely. We do it simultaneously because we want to be making progress so that we have that like quick, immediate win because we're human beings and we need that. Right. So I want to give people a quick win um, because I want their motivation to continue to do the work. 
And so while we're kind of, you know, peeling back the layers, we also are going to be looking at like the concrete side of it Mm -hmm. of, you know, at the most basic level, what do you make? What are your expenses? Do you have anything left over? What do, what do our assets look like? What do our liabilities look like? So what are our debts? You know, what do we have things that are like actually very valuable to us? Um, With things that are quantitative, it's easy to put more of a concrete like theory to, Um, whereas the qualitative, like the mindset, the habits, those are a little bit harder. So Uh, yeah, simultaneously do the work and it, it really just organically starts to like flow and happen. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's a fascinating model, the way you explain it, because it's really no different when it comes to like our health, our relationship with our food, you know, our relationship with our body. Like it's, there's there's that qualitative piece, like the assumptions that we make or the, or the beliefs that we have. And then there's the, the quantitative steps that we need to take to get there. So it's really cool to hear you say it like that. You're like, oh, okay. It's almost very calming. You're like, it's simple. We've got a process. Yeah. It, you know, where I see a, a difference in like the success of people is the people that just want to do the quantitative side of it, right? Like they want me to come in and I can, right? It's, very, it's actually a lot easier and less work. Yeah. Um, they want me to come in and tell them like, you make X uh, a year. Here's what we can do. Here's the best places to put it. This is how we're going to start accumulating and, and building your wealth. That is so easy to do. Uh-huh. Um, but when it becomes harder and becomes actually impactful and meaningful is when you do the psychology part of it. Because then what I'm telling you to do, like put your money here, make sure it's this amount, be consistent about it. You've actually built like the backbone of it when you do like the not so quantitative part of it. Yeah. It's almost like it's like keeping people from yo-yoing, right? Like if you, they just follow the quantitative thing that they're going to get results, but then inevitably that underlying piece is going to probably pull them back because their habits pull them right back to where, where they were. 100%. Fascinating. It's just like health. That's so interesting. It It really really is. Simple for me. Okay. So, so that's really powerful. And obviously, like you said, you know, starting to ask yourself, maybe would those be questions that then that you would recommend for women listening? If it's like, if you want to start to touch on this part of yourself, that first question is like, how do you feel about money? You know, are there any other questions or any other um, steps that you can offer there before we kind of shift into the quantitative? So I think, again, just like, just, just taking a look, like think back to what money meant to you when you were a child or how was it in your household? Think back to those like instances and try to go back as far as you can. And then maybe try to pinpoint, like, was there a shift? Like, were you okay with money? And it wasn't a thing until you, I don't know, got into a bad relationship with someone where they told you that they were controlling the money, you know, and then something shifted for you. So maybe try to identify some like key points in your life um, and, and kind of move on from there. But yeah, I think just make sure that you're aware of it and just keep taking a look, do, do the work as far as like, where, where am I at with this? And maybe what are the underlying things that make me uncomfortable about money? And this is obviously where working with a coach would be really helpful because probably to do that work on your own is is difficult. Yeah, because sometimes you don't even know the questions to ask yourself yet Um, because we've not been allowed to think about it before. Yeah. That's that's a huge part of it is, Mm -hmm. you know, like you were saying earlier, we were told don't mess with money. Don't think about money. Somebody else is going to take care of it for you. You just go do your thing and it'll magically fall into place. But that's not how it works. Yeah. 
Very cool. Okay. So once we start working on that piece, I think, you know, I I feel like what creates a lot of stress, and maybe I'm generalizing here, so feel free to correct me, but I feel like what creates a lot of stress for women at this age is either, you know, having a lot of debt that they are don't know how to pay off or they're trying to pay off, or the stress from maybe not having, you know, their future planned or not feeling secure in the future um, and the planning that they're doing. So can do I have that right? Do you think? Are you those do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a great summary. Okay, so let's break it down then. For women listening who may be dealing with the stress from debt, what are a couple of first steps? And and I will tell for everyone who's listening, like go to Megan's Instagram. She's got some really great tips right on there. But since we have her on here, and um, I'm going to just ask her to share it. Like, what are some tips that we can? you know, share with women who are in that place um, to help start to, you know, heal that piece and reduce the debt. So that's, that's a huge thing because debt is like such an emotional thing for people. Um, and, and I totally understand. I mean, I've had student loan debt. I have debt right now. I mean, it's not like it goes away for us. Um, yeah. There's, there's always some aspect of it in our lives for the majority of individuals. A huge thing that you can do again, um, not to sound repetitive and, and tell you the same solution for everything, but like know where you're at with it. So right. if that is at the most basic form, simplest form of, I want you to list out every debt that you have. Like if you have five credit cards, I want the name of the credit card. I want the balance on it. And I want the interest rate associated with it. Sometimes walking through these, like the simplest thing like that, just listing it out. Yeah. You might temporarily be overwhelmed because you're sitting here like, oh, damn, like I've got all this sitting in front of me, staring me back in the face. But what that does is it gets you organized and you're, you are able then to see, okay, I've got this credit card that. Maybe it's got $5,000 on it, but it's got a 28% interest rate associated with it. So then we can make the choice of, do I want to pay the credit card with the most, with the highest interest rate associated with it so that I'm, you know, not paying that? Or do I want another, again, goes back to the psychology of it. Do I want a quick win and I want to pay off the credit card that only has $500 on it so that that then gives me momentum to continue the exercise that I'm doing? Right. So again, awareness, getting yourself organized and getting a plan because just that simple exercise of listing it out and looking at it, 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 it creates momentum for you. Again, like I said, temporarily, you might be stressed the hell out about it and overwhelmed, but it gives you an action plan at the end of the day when you do that. And that's what you need in order to progress, I guess. Right. You need that. Yeah. And again, you didn't accumulate all that debt overnight, so it's not going to go away overnight. But when you list things out, you give it structure and you get you create a process for it, you gain the control back of it versus someone else being in control. And a lot of times in life, that's all we need is the control aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then we have the confidence to then tackle it, whether it be big, small, or in between. Right. Or someone amazing. Okay. That's awesome. So write it down. Start start by getting really real about it. Really know yeah. where you're at. Write down, you know, all your debts and where they are and get really clear on, on that piece and then begin to tackle it. I love it. Okay. So then let's flip to the other kind of major stressor is like that planning of the future of like what, you know, maybe it's like I've got kids going to university or college soon, you know, I've got to retire, you know, we're in this midlife. So we do know our income you know, our, what did, what was the word you used? You said consult, 
Uh, oh, accumulation? Accumulation. Thank you. I've lost the word today. Accumulation. We know that in a way for a lot of people that is limited, that it becomes limited as we reach retirement age. So what are some tips or first steps anyway that you would suggest to kind of help, you know, alleviate that stress and start to create a plan? Yeah. So that's a huge thing I hear from current clients is like, I feel behind. I don't know if I'm where I'm supposed to be. How much am I supposed to have? Yeah. It's a question everybody wants to know the answer to. Again, um, it's a very tailored thing to look at for each individual, but I can say on a broad term, uh, I just want you to be doing something. Mm. So in this age group, to your point, right, we're, we're probably going to have a lot of expenses mm-hmm. that are maybe hindering us from putting away as much as we would like to. Yeah. So where I tell people to start is I just need you to start small. Like I was telling you when I was 20, I started super small. It was like $50 a month, yeah. but it leads to something. So again, it helps establish a habit. It helps establish a pattern. It helps establish the discipline. So when you have those things, again, then that's snowballs into confidence, empowerment, choice. Mm. Um, There's, again, very quantitative things that I can tell you to do. Are you maxing out your 401k at work? Do you have an outside Roth IRA established? You know, there's very specific things that I can tell you benchmark wise. Are you doing this or are you hitting this? But I think to make it broad for people, do the little habits that build into the big things. I just need you to be doing something. Right. And that's when we get into a very like tailored individualized strategy and plan of maybe you have 50,000 put away. Maybe someone else has 20,000. What do we need to do in their mind to catch up? Or do I need to maybe correct that train of thought for them that they don't they don't need to catch up. They're actually in a really great place. Everybody's right. perception of where they're at is often very skewed also. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That's so interesting. So it can kind of create that calming piece. But doing something, no matter what it is, putting a small amount away into something is really the, the first step. Yeah, because the biggest mistake that I see people make is they say, oh, well, I only have $50 put away. That's not going to make a difference. Your $50 actually is going to make a huge difference over the course of the next 20 plus years that we most likely are still going to be working and accumulating assets before we retire, even if you're 40 something, right? So I would say that's that's a downfall in people's thinking is that they think if I can't do $1,000 a month into something, I might as well just not do anything, which Mm -hmm. I I want to like reverse that train of thought and, and just make it start small. Yeah. Because it does add up. And where should they put that $50 in? If if that's their whatever the amount is. But if it's like if we're at this place where it's like I'm not putting anything away, like where should that $50 be going? Yeah. So the first thing I'm always going to tell people is you have to have the protection layer. So when I think of um like money and finance, I think of like kind of two sides of it. I think of like your offensive and your defensive side, right? Like your defensive side is like the like protection layer. So um do you have like your health insurances? Do you have life insurance? Do you have disability insurance? Do you have an emergency fund? Mm-hmm. Uh, then the other half of that is more your offensive of all the different types of accounts that you can put money into. So the most common is like 401k, then mm-hmm. you know different types of IRAs, a, a brokerage account, a high yield savings account. So I'm always going to tell people at the most basic level, I want you to start building savings because the impact of not being able to handle a emergency that comes up 
is sometimes the most detrimental. So I'm going to say ground zero, I want you to have three to six months worth of fixed expenses in some type of a savings checking high yield savings account. Right. That just stays there. Got it. Yep. And then after that, this is good. These are really good, very real numbers and real tangible things. I so appreciate it. I'm sure everyone who's listening is, it's like, okay, great. We have small goals. We have places to start. Like that's where we work towards three to six months of fixed housing expenses or life expenses saved in a checking or savings account. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. I absolutely love that. Um, Okay. So... One, I guess, you know, I guess here's a good question, I think is for the, for everybody listening, like when should someone be working with someone like you? Like, how do we know it's time and, and, or has it always been time? Yeah. So I think that's a great question um, because I will say like, as an advisor, uh, people in my industry think I should be telling everybody that they need an advisor. And I don't believe that. I think that is something that differentiates me from a lot of individuals in my industry if you are like very simple, meaning like, it, let's just say it's just you, you have no dependents, you live, you know, within your means, you have a 401k you're contributing to, you've got some, a little bit of money in the bank. Like you probably don't need me right now. Yeah. Now, when you probably would need me is when you got into retirement and you need to start taking like required minimum distributions that the government says you have to take, right? Do you know how to work through that? Or if you had a like a big goal that you were trying to reach of, I want to build a house and I want to maybe uh, start a second business or something, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be there to help you walk through and build the different sten- scenarios, excuse me, of how to actually do that and what makes the most sense. Mm. I that's that's when people start to need somebody is when you want to start building the different scenarios of your life and you want to have a pretty concrete number to go along with it so that you can actually conceptualize what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because it's really hard to start to think about things 20 years from now. And what does that, what is that number even? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think everybody needs an advisor. No, I don't. Do I think everybody can use the, uh, like my, let's use the trendy word, right? Mindset like yeah. money mindset work. I think everybody could use that. I think yeah. everybody could explore that. Um, so absolutely like reach out if that's the area that you want to work on. Right. Um, as far as like actually needing an advisor, I think when things start becoming more complex or if you want to get a head start and say, Hey, I want to know from the very beginning and I want to be so proactive about this. Yeah. Um, that is when you need an advisor. And I will say, I am very, very blessed to have a ton of those clients and I absolutely love working with them because then it makes their glide path or their trajectory wow. for their financial success so easy and smooth. So we're ahead of the game. It's it's offensive and not defensive, I guess. 100%. Yeah, you're not you're not just reacting to things in life. You now are coming to me saying, I here's my favorite. I just got out of college. I have 100,000 in student loan debt. I'm making X amount of money. What is the best way to start doing this thing? I, that is my number one favorite client. Really? I yeah. love that. Yeah. Gosh, the things you learn in mid, like, I wish I'd done that when I was coming out of college yeah. then, you know, it's like, what? You, but it's, so it's really cool to hear you say that because I think normalizing it, you know, I think everyone listening right now, that is now something I will encourage my children to do as they get to, it's like, here you are, it's t- like work with someone, you may as well get ahead of the game. 
Yeah, that's actually how this company got created. Like I had so many female attorneys and physicians right out of school coming to me saying, hey, I make this great salary. I do actually have a ton of, you know, hundreds of thousands of student loan debt. Um, but I want to start now and I need, I need at the most basic level, I need education on money. And that's, I'm not joking. Like that is how this company got started because I had so many current clients come to me and say, I I just need someone to teach me because nobody has. Yeah. I love this. I think, you know, I'm so grateful for you today, Megan, because I think what you've done is create like some real normalized conversations around money, taking that kind of sting and stress out of it, which helps reduce stress. And then I think you've given some really awesome tangible elements around, you know, around that, like the mindset or the qualitative side, and then around the really specific areas of what you can begin to do. So I'm I'm really, really grateful for anyone listening. How, how do we, because I know it makes me want to get more into your world. Yeah. How do we get into your world? What's the best place for us to find you? I would say number one place is Instagram right now. Um, it's, I guess, just probably the thing that I'm most active on. Um, so if you search either my name, so Megan Keevan, or you search women underscore and underscore wealth underscore. So women and wealth, um, yeah. it's there. DM me, reach out. There's actually a really great checklist on there. I have a linkable checklist on there. So if you want to say, Hey, am I doing the things that I should, or, you know, shouldn't be doing right now, get on there, grab that thing and walk yourself through those nine, nine checklist steps. Awesome. I love that. And I'll put all, obviously I'll put those links and everything in the show notes, but uh, reach out to Megan, ask her your questions, get on this piece and reduce the stress of this in your life. Just one step at a time, because it's a hundred percent impacting your health right now. If you're stressed about it. Absolutely. Thank you, Megan. I really appreciate you and all you shared today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Okay. Sisters go out, be more in your life and not just less on a scale. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.